Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And the Infamous Podcast has arrived. <laughs> if you watch, are you happy I didn't do the e? What? Yeah. Yeah. No. You happy I didn't do the e? Yeah, I am. So anyway, we got a big episode. Uh, this episode is episode 325, The Fall and Fall of G4 TV. Uh, so this will be a really interesting conversation today. Um, Daryl, how are you doing? Doing well. Doing it's well. It's Friday. Yeah. It's Friday. I'm it's standing today. I'm not sitting. Yeah. You know, I've been like... Uh, I'm, I'm sitting right now. I've been going back and forth, you know, having the standing desk. is It's just a nice change of pace, if you know what I mean. Um... But before we get started, uh, you know, there's been a bunch of celebrity deaths happening lately, and there's one that actually got me, and uh, his name was Robert Paulson. Meatloaf. Yeah, Meatloaf, man. Meatloaf died. He was 74. Um, you know, he he was, you know, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Classic. Um, I Would Do Anything for Love. I think that's what that song is actually called. Uh, classic, but, I won't do that. but he won't, you know, bad out of hell, bad out of hell too. Um, you know, he, uh, he died, uh, next to his wife, you know, and, and just kind of passed away. He was 74. So, uh, I gotta say he was looking really good lately. Like I'd seen him on a few things here and there and, um, yeah, he had just, he lost a bunch of weight, looked really good. So, yeah. Um, I saw Britt Baker post the picture. Yeah. With, with, with the him. two of them where he's holding the. The women's title. Uh, so, yeah, it's anyway, just super sad. Um, kind of bummed out. Uh, so I was rocking out to Meatloaf at the gym this morning. And uh, it was it was a it was a nice cathartic little eight mile run. So <laughs> anyway. OK. OK. Rabbit. Yeah. So. <laughs> Dude, I, I've lost 20, 24 pounds since Thanksgiving. That's. That's so, awesome, man. yeah, and I'm on an all meat diet now, so I'm going to lose a bunch more weight and get really lean, which uh, is great. And I haven't lost any strength yet because I was still doing like 315 on deadlifts yesterday, five by five or uh, Wednesday. Anyway, uh, the other thing I want to give two shout outs to Instagram accounts that uh, follow me and that I follow. The first one is uh, the Mid Ohio Jedi Order. Uh, they're awesome. They do a bunch of cool stuff. Definitely check them out. They do a bunch of giveaways. Um, they are, yeah, they're just a really good, really good group. Star Wars fans from Ohio. Got to follow them. Check it out. I'll links in the show notes. And then the other is uh, Old Republic Collectibles LLC uh, and Yak Face, obviously. Uh, go follow them. Buy some stuff from them. They're just uh, trying to make it. They're veteran-owned, family-owned. Uh, well worth, you know, getting stuff from them. They ship fast. They do pre-orders. They're pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah. And lastly, just shameless self-promotion go follow us on patreon we're doing awesome stuff for you guys lately you should at least spend three dollars a month to uh to enjoy all of this free content i second that as emotion. i bang my microphone stand like go follow it mother anyway <laughs> all right let's uh let's go ahead and and um as they say hop right into it uh with <laughs> the funniest news of the day. Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Marvel. <laughs> uh, Miss Marvel in trouble. Uh, new casting and significant reshoots reported months after filming wrapped. This is never a good sign. Never, ever a good sign when something goes back to do reshoots 
long after it's been done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't realize this was done filming in May. Yeah. It's been done for a while. Um, anyway, it's supposed to come out summer 2022. I can't imagine it's going to meet that deadline with all the stuff that they're doing. I think the most egregious thing, and this is, again, people at Marvel not understanding Marvel. I'm sorry. The entry-level people that Marvel hires to do these jobs not understanding um, Marvel. So Miss Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, who actually started out as a pretty decent character and then got completely oversaturated and then got all weird, right? Uh, her powers are like stretchy, kind of like Mr. Fantastic. Uh, I liken her closer to Plastic Man or Elongated Man, the way she like grows yes. and, and does everything. And big and and she gets the big giant fist. And honestly, if she just got the big giant fist and like with the stretchy arm, that would be a cool power, right? And she can swing on it, like just cool. Um, but no, she can get bigger and stretch and, and all that fun stuff. She doesn't get like super skinny or anything, but she's an inhuman, um, which I don't know if they've retconned that yet or not, because the in- inhumans are kind of a, a non sequitur these days. Cause it failed so epically on TV and in, in the comics. But I will say the, the thing that they were going to do is change her powers to be uh, more like hard light, like green lantern, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty stupid. And I mean, ever since they've announced like casting and things like that, um, this show has been hit by like, well, this person is not what this person is in the comics. So we're not, we don't want to, we don't want to do this person. Like we don't want to root for this. We're, you know, and it's like Marvel, tell these people to shut the fuck up and, and just try and enjoy the show. And then Marvel, shut the fuck up and tell your actors to just act and enjoy being in the show. Yes and yes. So I mean, it's pretty simple here. <laughs> um, here, here, here's, here's, here's the. F- I'm, I'm going to give Marvel, Marvel a secret. Um, go back to your phase one and two formulas, where you make the characters like the characters, and you make the characters interesting, even the ones that nobody knows about, and even the ones who are kind of insufferable. Yeah, and so, and, and I'll second that what you said about Kamala Khan. I, I did read a little bit, you know, uh, of the Miss Marvel thing, and and again, she was okay. I honestly, despite the tire fire that it was for mo- the first year of its life, and I haven't gone back to it in a while, but Marvel's The Avengers game, I really liked her character in that game. She was my favorite uh, I, character I, to play as. She was so much fun to play, yeah. play as. She uh, wasn't the most powerful, but like she no. was the most versatile. So I liked yeah. her. I, I really had a lot of fun with that character. And once again... And, and, and this is a newer character, and they're still they're doing the same thing that I, I, her power set is fine, in the sense of it's as far as what's in the MCU now, it would it would it would be very unique in the current state of the MCU because we don't have a Mister Fantastic or anything right. like that. But but why? But the idea of changing her powers to a light based set or anything like that. Well, I pretty freaking stupid. I think what it is, right, is they're going to try and give her a power set closer to Carol's. Yeah, Um, absolutely. They are. But the thing is, is she wasn't she wasn't empowered by the Kree or by Carol or by, you know, in the case of of Captain, you know, sassy pants, um, the Tesseract, uh, you know, or was it was it the Tesseract? 
Yeah, it was the Tesseract. Yeah. Um, that right. Marvel was trying to use, or Miss Marvel, if you will. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, just like stick to the stick to the thing. Make her a fucking inhuman. Who gives a shit? Make her a mutant. I don't really care. Um, you know, and then but people are comp- complaining because she's too light skinned and uh, she's not enough this and not enough that, and it's just. You know, and I will just say this: This is what happens when you try to play that card of appeasement. Mm-hmm. It's never enough. Yeah. So instead of doing that, you know what you should do: make good stories, or make if, interesting characters. If you feel like you have to do that to make the character interesting, because a lot of these newer Marvel characters just are not interesting at all, just don't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't make it. So, but, uh, I'm gonna yeah. tell you right now. Um, what is it? Uh, Moon Knight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Oh, the guys who wrote that, I forget what they did. They did something really dumb. Um, <laughs> hold on. That's kind of uh, apropos but, for what we've seen. Yeah, it's the showrunners. They, they, they made something that nobody likes. Uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Uh, wait, is that right? Now, I know we had a little difference of opinion on the trailer for Moon Knight a little bit. Oh, the trailer is 100% a bait and switch and it's yeah, yeah, and that's and you're and that's the one thing I fear that you're right about because it's happened in let's see, Loki, it's mm-hmm. happened in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh Hawkeye did a good job of actually Hawkeye was the one I I thought it was definitely a bait and switch right. and I was pleasantly surprised with that. I really enjoyed the Moon Knight trailer. I, again, it's more like show and tell, show and prove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I'm, it's got it's got some some, you know, just ill will to make up. Man, what I forget what they uh, what they wrote or whatever. It was some shitty comic that nobody liked, but they're the ones who are doing it. Um, but yeah, it, it's oh here we go, Jeremy Slater. What was it that he did? Oh. He uh he was the writer of Fan Four Stick. Wait a minute the the twenty sixteen version yes or whenever that was the most recent but yeah Fan Four Stick. Oh my god, um, that was yeah he's the he's the head writer on this, so he has no regard for accuracy in anything that he does, uh, and he I think he wrote part of season two of Umbrella Academy, which was far inferior to season one. Um, anyway, so so not on the right foot. Let's just just show you that's what you're saying. Yeah, it's, not on the right foot at all. Um, yeah. All right. But so I I, I oh, do I do hope ahead. it proves us wrong. I really do. But yeah, Hawkeye proved Hawkeye proved me wrong. So sure. Hope that does the same thing. All right. Let's talk about uh, Boba Fett, Prince Disney Princess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So Tamara Morrison came out and said that Boba Fett talks far too much in his Star Wars solo series. And it's really sad when the guy that played Jango Fett in the clo- in you know some clones is telling John Favreau in Robert Rodriguez uh he's talking too much. He should not be talking this much. And he's trying to pawn off lines on Ming-Na. Um <laughs> it's just yeah, I I, lo- I love the quote Excuse me, director. I really feel like Midnight Ming Na should say these lines because 
I want to say, I want to stay mysterious. I want to stay quiet. And it's like, yeah. And yeah. it's really funny because there was, uh, they were sharing a story, hey, um, you know, Tamara and, and, and Ming-Na, where John Favreau had to take off and do something and left Noah Clore behind. And they were trying to like browbeat him into getting their way, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, and, and then it's like, I got a call from Atlanta. John wants you to say all that dialogue. We'll cut it out later, laughs. So he was even keeping an eye on us from all areas when they were talking about Favreau. Um, but yeah, it, it's... I have not watched the fourth episode. I know you did. I have not watched the fourth episode no, of Peacemaker. I the first, which I no, probably, I watched the first five minutes. of uh, uh, And yeah, and, and Peacemaker was, I just didn't feel like watching that type of show. Sure. Uh, it wasn't like it was bad or anything. Yeah. Boba Fett, like the first five minutes of episode four were, oh my God. It was, it, it now it, again, that's five minutes, but it was still, it, it, it was terrible from mm-hmm. every angle. It was mm. terrible. And even though there wasn't much happening, like you saw the green, like there's a Bubba Fett was on a Bontha and it looked so fake. It was embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, really? And yeah, we got more of the uh, Power Rangers biker gang, Ew. which. Yeah. So the funny thing about this, and this is a reason why you don't anoint someone as the savior of a property. Oh, you mean because Favreau? Yeah. Or even in Feige, because I mean, considering what's going on in the MCU or MCU now, it's not looking good. No. Yeah. Spider-Man notwithstanding. But and they didn't learn the right lessons from Spider-Man. After no, they didn't. after after the the first ten days of Spider-Man being out, every Marvel thing that was in, in production should have immediately stopped. They should have thrown away everything that they had and gone back to the drawing board. Yes. 100%. And like, even like the Hawkeye, like they should have erased like whatever they hadn't done yet and started over. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I just, well, okay. It's been very well documented in the, in the almost seven years that I've been doing this show that I do not like Boba Fett. Not at all. When he not showed up, a little bit, not even a little bit. When he sh- like live volcano, uh, <laughs> that's my favorite. That's, I just want to throw everyone in the live volcano that I don't agree with. Anyway, uh, not agree with. Let me let me rephrase that. That I just don't like. Anyway, I I, you, I cannot agree with you and still like you. Um, yeah, but no, I, I just. But then when he showed up on the Mandalorian, I told you, and I said not here a couple times. God damn it, they made me like him. <laughs> I was like motherfucker. And then. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, so then I'm like, okay, well, I mean, if this is how it's going to be, I might be interested in Book of Boba Fett. No. Another just pussification of a character um, that did not need to be pussified, did not need to have, you know, his helmet off at all scenes, does not need to be in a back-to-tank all the time. You know, like, he went all that time without being in a back-to-tank. And now he has to have and, one. And now he has to have one. It's like, come on, John. This yeah. is the your character. This is this is yeah. the thing and, that you did. And Robert Rodriguez, you got to you you got the benefit of directing the shortest episode of The Mandalorian to date, and it hid all of your shortcomings as a storyteller. Yeah, 
And one of the things I did read, uh, there was a comment on one of these articles where it said, I think one of the things about the Mandalorian that like it was, what did he say? It was something about, you know, just the, not only was it baby Yoda, but there was something else that they mentioned that covered up the flaws in that show, which again, I think the Mandalorian was done better, much better than what we currently have with Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, the Mandalorian's a little boring at times, but like, it's also kind of what the story is. There's, there's, there's a nice mundanity to it. I don't know if that's even a word or not. Uh, Mundanation, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) True and non ashamana pressure, um, with some bad cath care put in there, and it's. uh, (laughs) I can't believe I got that right. I can't believe I got that right. (laughs) Words are hard. Unless I make them up myself or some senile well, man. Well, anyway. endorse it. All words are made up. Yep, all words are made up. <sighs> you really are the worst, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm gonna watch the rest of the series. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not. Oh, I'm, absolutely, I'm not yeah. Out, out yet, but um, you know, I but, really kind of and- just. I don't, I don't this know. is the thing with the, the the show where it is now and our attitude about it having to watch it every week to talk about it I think would probably color our opinions and we probably wouldn't give it as fair of a shake as we will knowing that we have we can watch it whenever we want you know what I mean I, I think the other thing too is like I forget what happened because it's kind of boring nothing nothing happened. Say, nothing really happened yeah yeah like other than the power Rangers showing up without their power ranger armor um or captain planet Black the planeteers Kersang. yeah but even that was a nothing burger yeah. they just let him go yeah. and uh steven perry i don't know if you read that article uh from the shadows he's a novelist for the shadows yeah. of the empire yep and he he did he eviscerated it, like that was the quote of the article he eviscerated and he absolutely did he like the best line was like the stupid is strong here. And he talked about the power Rangers things. He talked about Boba Fett taking off his helmet, which by the way, that just is one of those things that gets on my nerves. Every time he takes mm-hmm. off his helmet, what, I oh, mean, yeah. that's part, you know, one of that's part of your lore and two, that's to keep you safe. Yeah. What happened to so, this is the way I know what happened. To this yeah. And, I'm being facetious. And again, we're not the only ones who are having issues with it because if you looked at rotten tomatoes, you know, take it for with a grain of salt. But the first week or so, it was at 84% as far mm-hmm. as fan ratings. This week, it has dropped down to 64%. Right. And here's the thing. With Rotten Tomatoes, the, the one thing you need to know is it's a fan ag- fan aggregated score. And yeah, you can you can review bomb good or bad. You know, that that's, that's a thing Absolutely. that happens. Absolutely, yes. Um, but the other thing that you have to take into account is that just because it's it's not good <laughs> like you don't have to review it but like there are all these access media uh shills out there who are gonna they they have to say nice things about it because they want disney to keep inviting them back to things they yes. they want to they want to get that free three-night experience on their uh on the on the star cruiser and, hotel and and let's be honest that in and itself taints the the review process oh, yeah. you can't say it doesn't because and yes, people might like things that we don't like, and mm. and they might genuinely like it. But when you have that type of pressure to say, "Hey, if I 
give this a bad, even if I don't like these three things in a row from this company and I say that, they're going to take my access. And, and it's happening, you know, when I listen to some of the gamers that I listen to as far as, you know, they, they don't get invited to this thing because, and particularly Call of Duty in the last uh, couple of years ago where the, uh, there were a couple of years in a row where Call, Call of Duty, you know, some of these uh, YouTubers did not like it. And guess what? They didn't get invited to the Call of Duty, you know, uh, capturing event right. the next year. Right. So don't tell me that that isn't a problem and that isn't happening because it absolutely is. And a lot of these people, like you said, want, you know, they want that golden ticket. So they're going to have to massage mm-hmm. a review where, you know, they would say, call something terrible. They would say, this has promise. This is okay. This does this well. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's tough to believe. That's why I say it. that's I find on YouTube. I only use YouTube reviewers that mm-hmm. I know and that I can look at their history and say, okay, I have a similar taste that uh, as they do. So I can more or less trust that they're coming. Well, one, I can trust that they're being honest. And two, I can trust and say, okay, they like that. We have similar tastes, so I might like that. So that's yeah. where I go. I don't oh, yeah. use the access media, never use them no. because of that. You know, they're, they're compromised. And, you know, again, that doesn't mean all of them, you know, shill, but a good deal of them do shill. It doesn't mean, like, access, just because you're access media doesn't mean you're a shill. But being access media, you're a shill. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think I just think it's a huge letdown. I think this is just indicative of Disney Star Wars and, you know, um, Disney I, in general. Let's yeah. be honest. Well, yeah. Just the, the like the, the current thing. And there's some rumors going around that there there's changes that are going to happen and blah, blah, blah. That, that's been a rumor for two years. I don't believe it. Yeah. Like I said, show me the proof. And then show I'll, me the I'll, receipts. So, yes. All right, let's move on to uh, some good news. Soups and Lolo, the ties that bind. (laughs) What'd you say? Yeah. Did you say ish? I said ish. You didn't like it? No, I actually did. Uh, Well, I was, I was going to be, I was going to be one of those like, this is absolutely the worst Superman and Lois that I've seen today. How dare you? And I (laughs) actually. But see, that's 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 uh, again a bait and switch because I still liked it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, I will say, one point five seven million, almost five hundred thousand more people watched the ties that bind than what lies beneath because what lies beneath was a great season premiere. What lies beneath? What? What? what no, what lies beneath you? It devours or something like that. It's from Buffy. Uh, from beneath you, it devours. From beneath you, it devours. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think that season existed. So, um, <laughs> so, right. okay. So Clark is having these visions. Like it's not just like a weird panic attack thing, right? It's these visions in, in, in this episode, the visions coincide with, um, a, um, you know, the tremors in Smallville, which, you know, we, we find out it's a bean, right? Um, but Clark's like, well, there's one person I can talk to. And he goes to talk to Tal Rowe, um, Morgan Edge. His half brother, and I love I love the guy that plays Tauro. Um, yeah, whose I name really like him. just slipped out of my head, so I gotta I gotta move up here to the to the cast. Um, but no, I'm 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 a I'm a big fan of the the oh, Adam Adam Rayner. Um, I'm a big fan of of the Tauro character in in this series. Um, and you know he's powerless. He's hanging out under the red 
the red kryptonite or the red sun, um, keeping him, you know, pretty much depowered. And Clark's like, and I'm skipping over a bunch of stuff at the beginning. Um, Clark's like, no, we're, we got we got to figure this out. And I loved that Jordan was like, hey, let me go with you. I got your back. Let me like, I got to protect you. And, and Clark like thinks about it for a second and then does the right thing and takes him with him. Right. Mm-hmm. In a normal CW show, Clark's like, no, I'll be fine. I'm having these debilitating visions. Just let me go off on my own. But no, this was like, this was good writing. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Every episode that they have like listed right now has two writers written by is a team. So this one was Christy Kovic's, uh, or sorry, uh, Korvec and Michael Narducci. Um, they both wrote uh, in the first season. Uh, oh, maybe they didn't. Michael Narducci did. Uh, Mark, Mark, yeah, Michael, Michael Narducci wrote a couple in the first season. Um, but Christy Korvec has not. And I love this. I love the idea of like a writing team so they can be like, hey, wait a second. Like, let's, uh, and it's not just the writer's room, right? You have the writer's room, but we know what the, the Soups and Lolo writer's room was like at the beginning with that lady, like, let's make the Kents black because reasons. Um, so anyway, so they go and he's like, cause Clark's going to go to just to Tauro's fortress by himself. Um, and, and, you know, everyone's like, that's going to be booby trap, dude. Like, what are you thinking? You're Superman. Be smarter than this. <laughs> um, so he goes and he works. And here's the great thing. He didn't just go break him out, right? He went and he talked to the government. He's like, hey, I'm going to borrow this uh, this prisoner. And the government's like, sure, just take him. <laughs> Again, in uh, most shows, he would have broke him out. And, you know, he, he would have egg on his face if oh, the yeah. guy, if Tower would have gotten away. Oh, and he absolutely would have gotten away had he broke him out, right? Yes. A hundred percent. We know this. Yes. Absolutely. We we know this to be true because this is how the CW works. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so he gets them. They get him and Jordan and, and Tauro show up. Um, and then uh, Tauro's like, oh, well, I got someone you can talk to. And lo and behold, it's uh, Clark's mommy, Laura. <laughs> mommy. Mommy. Um, and, and, and I don't know if you caught this, it was kind of a throwaway, throwaway line, but Tauro goes, this is her before she was corrupted by Jorel. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's that. like, that's cool. I like that. That was, that's interesting. Like it's a different, like we've never seen this version of Laura before. We, I mean, we haven't really seen much of Laura, uh, Laura yeah. L, but, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And, you know, I loved that she tells him what it is and this was the greatest use of a commercial break because yeah, it went to cause... commercial and we came back and it was something completely different so i was like well, what was it yeah. yeah and i was one of those where because i wasn't sure where i was in the show and i was i was thinking if they leave off right there i'm gonna rage and then they come back and like you said it's something totally different and like come on man but one thing I really liked about the whole Laura and Tauro thing was him showcasing his feelings of abandonment yeah. uh, towards her. And I, 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 I think, especially after the conversation he has later with Clark, when Clark brings him back and he's like, 
she thinks there's good in me. Do you? And Clark says, and I'm, I was actually kind of surprised he said yeah. it. He was like, Clark says, no. But I hope so. I think this is, they're kind of setting up a redemption arc for Tauro somewhere down the line. I don't know how quickly, but I, and again, I'm kind of colored with the, what I usually expect from the CW of him you right. know, turning and to give his life or something, which again, a little bit derivative, but I like the character and I like the actor so much. I don't want him to I give hope this his is, life. Like I want him to stick around for a little bit. No, like, I don't. So yeah, I, I do too. I, and I, I want it to be kind of like that slow build of him slowly, not, you know, not doing a overnight face turn. Right. So but maybe helping here and there, but still keeping some of that anger towards Clark, even though it's misplaced as yeah. it is and anger towards, I think that would be a good way to slowly I, build his character. So I feel like the anger is more towards Laura than it is towards Clark. Yeah. So, and, and well, it absolutely is, but you know, Clark is there and right. Clark is a, more of a I, yeah, reminder. I get it. it. But, uh, so they're at the fortress, like they're going through Clark has one of his episodes and then Tauro breaks free and he's like, I'm not as drunk as you thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Jordan's like, you need to stop right there. And, uh, I love it. He goes, we've had this, we've had this encounter before nephew. And it was, it was like, Oh dude, this is so great. And then I loved love that Jordan's like, yeah, no, I got this. And, and yeah. like, you know, like we talked about this last week, his, his powers have grown because we got to see three months later, right? Like over summer break, he's been working on his powers and, and, and things like that. And the look on Tauro's face, right? And it was just enough to slow him down for Clark to snap out of it and then lay a gigantic beat down on him. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I do like how, we didn't have to, you know, that, that three month skip, it skips a lot, but I like it in the sense of a narrative pacing as far as for Jordan's development. Yeah. And well, I mean, Buffy it was kind of like too, when, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I yeah, think they did. Buffy and did that really well using the quote unquote summer break. Right. And I, I just like, that was, like, I liked everything about pretty much about the Clark, Laura, Tauro, uh, Jordan storyline. Mm -hmm. um, there were other storylines I didn't like as much, and we've talked about this off air, and we'll go into that. But I'm now, what was it that Laura actually said that it was? Because I know I, I remember hearing it, but I, I didn't get a chance to go back and listen to exactly what she said. The issues are with Clark. So it's because he's tied to another being. Um, and okay, that's, so this is doomsday and it's unfortunate that they're going to the doomsday well so early. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a giant misstep. It's like star Trek discovery going to the mirror universe immediately. Right. It's like, right. You're, you're yeah. so you're, you're so not ready to do this show. Right. That you're just mirror universe. Like the, the, the yeah. simplest well, thing. It, 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 it also goes along the lines of how Batman v Superman did it yeah. and this not only not only incorporating Batman in what should have been Superman 2 but also incorporating doom the doomsday storyline and soup the death of Superman in his second freaking movie now yeah. I don't think this show is going to do anything as ridiculous as that right hopefully but I still think 
that yeah. a character as impactful as Doomsday is way too early in the yep. game to do this. So if we do get Doomsday, though, I think the nice thing is you have Tau Road to play the booster gold part to take the first punch. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, why not? There, yeah. there is no, there is no booster gold in in this uh, in this universe. So you know, why not? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, it's it's just one of those things. It's like, all right, let's let's see where it goes. Let's see what happens. And at the at the end of the day, um, this show is obviously more than just Superman, which is nice. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we got a, a lot of good Lois stuff. Um, we're going to meet Lucy at some point this season. Uh, I'm assuming in the back half. And I, I'm not even bothering to look to see if they've cast her yet. I don't want to know who it is. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, did you look? Is, by the way. Oh, okay, fine. Go ahead. No, I didn't look, but I, I saw. Oh. Uh, what'd you say? Then go ahead. No. Oh no, no it's um, no, it's it's the same actress that played Lucy in, uh, Supergirl. Uh, I don't know her name. I don't remember. I don't think I got that far for Lucy to show up. Yeah, um, I, I just remember seeing her and when I would see. Oh wait, was she in the there, first but... season? Wasn't she dating like Jimmy Olsen or something like that? Or I'm sorry, James I... Olsen. Oh jeez, I don't know. I, you can't, you can't tell me anything. Like, ask me anything about Supergirl. I, I just don't know. Yeah, I've kind I of blocked that blocked off. Blocked it all out. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I do remember Red Tornado in the first season. Yeah, Red Tomato was definitely in the first season. Uh, anyway, so you know, there's this whole like story going on at the Gazette and Chrissy, Christy, is it Chrissy? Chrissy, you're yeah. right. Yeah, just, she's the worst character. Maybe she could get in the way and take Doomsday's first punch. Now you were talking about uh, the whole thing with uh, A Train. That yeah. would absolutely be an A Train moment. Ooh, there we go. Someone can just run right through her. Um, <laughs> you know, here's the thing: is in the first season, she was not bad. She was an interesting character, and now she's whiny and just like pissy. And it's like I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the way her and Lois interact now. It's very adversarial. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I get it. Lois has to keep secrets from her and, and all that fun stuff. Um, but at, at the end of the day, the, the whole thing where she's, she's trying to push Lois, like, well, what was the story? You, you did this story and now it's come up and this podcast released this audio and, and, and Lois finally reveals like, well, I had a source who was in the cult and she's like, well, let's just get the person. She's like, it was my sister. And, uh, and like the one thing that Christy did was she did, I, that I did like giving credit. And I think, um, the actress and I gotta remember her name too. Um, she, she was like, oh, well, maybe she was just, maybe she was just like a little bit in the cult. Right. And it's like, nah, she was like, she was like number two. And I, I kind of feel like we're going to get, and I feel like they're doing this because of, uh, uh, is Sophia, uh, Sophia Hasmick. Um, I think they're doing this as like ripped from the headlines and it's going to be yeah. like a Nexium thing. Um, and, and Lucy is going to be on trial at some point. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I got that the whole rip from the headlines yeah. idea too, just about the whole, just about everything they've done so far with her. Why is her there an arc? LL brand on all of these women's inner thighs? <laughs> So, just saying. Now, 
and also you know one of the best supporting couples in a show Kyle and Lana are strong again this week mm-hmm. where Lana is you know TLDR she's going to be running for mayor now mm-hmm. against the current mayor I don't remember his name it's not important enough to remember but I just again I just love the dynamic between these two because it's we continually talk about good writing and so many shows, you know, you have these supporting characters and to make them interesting, they have to go, go out there, do an illicit affair or something along those lines. When, if you're good enough, you know, life is just, is, you know, you can make their life as interesting, interesting enough without having to do these, you know, extramarital or extemporaneous circumstances. And that's what you see here where, you know, they had a rough patch in, you know, the beginning of last, the first season. And then toward the end of the season, you know, Kyle was an ass. And then toward the end of the season, you actually saw that Kyle was so much more than that. Right. And did you I, think I actually, that you know, she was going to say Kyle should run? No, I thought it was going to be her. Okay. I absolutely thought it was going to be her. Now, I thought he was the one that was going to tell, well, he was going to be like, hey, babe, you should be the one to do it. Well, they, and that's what he did. But like she had already filled out the paperwork, which was great. Right. I mean, it was it was just a yeah. nice, nice bit of a married couple simpatico. Yeah. And I really like that. Uh, I really like these two. And I, I, I love their chemistry going, mm-hmm. you know, they're back and forth. And I again, we talked about it last week in the first episode. I really like, you know, Kyle's protectiveness he had over Superman mm-hmm. where, you know, they were sitting there waiting for Sarah to get off the bus and. You know, all this merchandise is being sold and, you know, Kyle doesn't really like that because, you know, like Superman is, you know, it's, he's more than that. He's he's us. And, right. you know, just making him, you know, some type of you know paraphernalia to, to sell to the public. <laughs> yeah. So just I really like their story and I'm really curious to see where it goes in the sense of her running for mayor. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting, and like I think uh, she's gonna like kind of evoke a lot of the Ma Kent, um, like sentiment about Smallville, and like she's like you know mm-hmm. Martha Kent is gone and I'm here, and um, there's all that, uh, and then we had Jonathan, um, you know, I I really hope they don't make Jonathan a narc. I you think know. they're. I don't think they'll. No, I won't say I don't. I don't know if they're going to do that or if Jonathan's going to look for some way to get an edge, whether it be steroids or accidentally getting F kryptonite. I would think it would be more the steroids route. Right. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I, yeah, that that's really interesting as far as the narc part. I, I was thinking more along the lines of him saying, hey, this I think this guy's on something, so I need to be on something to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we saw the one villain uh, at the very beginning of the episode take like the breath of the Jason Todd esque uh, serum. Yeah. But it wasn't, the, it's not the same thing because that was fear, like <laughs> gas, and he yeah. made him super right. strong. Um, and yeah, and we saw the, the superettes. Talk. Yeah. And we saw Todd tag. this time. Tag. Tag. Talk. Yeah. So. Talk. Talk who <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was all good and it was, uh, it was fun. I mean, this is a good episode. I, I liked it, and and I think it's funny that you think this might have been the worst episode. And and the re- and when I said I was I was kind of tongue in cheek, but because it had some of those 
CW-esque moments with the whole Sarah kissing someone at camp. Um, you know, the, the right now, for now, the cookie cutter scientist who has the, you know, working with somebody in the dark. Mm-hmm. The Lieutenant Anderson, he really reminds me at this point of Director Hayward from, you know, WandaVision, where he's in that adversary in the sense of not necessarily that he's going to do the stuff that Hayward does, but adversarial to the protagonist without necessarily having to be. Although, let's, uh, you know, Monica Rambeau had her part to play in that as well. Yeah. But. So that's why it was kind of tongue in cheek in the sense of, yeah, this is the worst so far. The worst of what we've gotten with Superman and Lois is better than 90% of the best of other shows of this ilk out there. Right. Yeah, I agree. So, so, all right. So are you ready to do a rating? Yeah. All right. So out of five, not depowered uncles, (laughs) what do you give it? So I, I give it a still still a solid three point five. Again, there there were there were some definitely CWS things that we I mean we kind of called uh, from last week. Uh, we still don't know one hundred percent about the whole doomsday thing. So there's still some mystery there and how why Clark is experiencing this or you know what their take is going to be on why Clark is experiencing this. So and and, and again with the whole Lana running for mayor, there's some you know some good normal folk stuff baked into the superhero stuff. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what makes this show so enjoyable because we don't just get the superhero thing. We get everyday life stuff. And that's just a boon to help this show become more than a superhero drama. And so yeah. 3.5, uh, not the strongest outing, but it's still very enjoyable and still have a, have a lot of fun watching this. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm right with you, 3.5. Um, my 3.5s are rated a little different than yours. Um, just, yeah. you know, just the way it is. But no, I thought it was a fine episode. Um, I I think that uh, hopefully we get more Tauro and he's not just like, you know, yes. every once in a while. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. I mean, this is a great show. I enjoy it. I look forward to it. Uh, I watch it twice, so... Uh, anyway, so next, uh, next week it's called the thing in the minds and, uh, it's directed again by Gregory Smith. So maybe it's a cave troll. Maybe. I mean, (laughs) it very well could be now that you say that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Clark better put on some mithril plating. Yeah. If it is. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) All right, let's uh let's move on to our last topic. We're not going to talk about this for forever because it's been covered in great detail and the links to the people we're going to refer to in the articles are all in the show notes. So if you want to check it out. Um so G4 TV is back. I'm going to give a little context here, personal context if you don't mind. Um oh yes. I loved G4 back in the day. Like even like Tech TV. I love Tech TV. I love G4. Like uh Kevin Rose was like a hero for a while and, and all of that. Um, and they, you know, it was irreverent. It was geek culture. It was really kind of the very first thing like that made us comic book nerds and, and D and D nerds and video game nerds and, and whatever, like, I'll feel like, yeah, we belong, you know? Um, 
and it was in my 20s <laughs> anyway um late 20s early 30s but it, it's just one of those things where it was like this is really cool um there are a bunch of really cool shows attack of the show was a hundred percent appointment viewing for me um and when attack of the show went off the air that's when i uh i cut the uh cut the cable cut the cord on cable actually when when g4 <laughs> went seriously when g4 shut down and, and it became uh the esquire network i i was like yeah no i don't i don't need cable anymore it's, this was the only thing i watch uh, that i need it for uh so anyway so middle of last year like second half of last year um and announced that G4 was coming back and it was going to come back as a, a YouTube channel and, and a series of like, you know, a bunch of standalone YouTube channels and they were bringing back Attack of the Show and they were bringing back X-Play. Um, now, X-Play was a, a video game review show that was hosted by uh, Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. And uh, Morgan Webb is not back on the show. It's Adam Sessler and this woman named Indiana Black who goes by Frosk. Um and I told you, Morgan Webb didn't come back because her back was already broken from carrying Adam Sessler all those years before. So, uh, I mean, she was great. She was an amazing host. I mean, you know, Frost mentions her and, and, and like how pretty she was and, and that stuff. But like she knew her shit. She didn't have to read scripts that other people wrote. Um, so there's that. But on an episode of uh, X-Play last week, uh, Frost just stops in the middle of what she's doing and reads from a teleprompter about all this sexism and, and gaming and just all this like victim, like, like she's this big victim of things and, and going on and on and on and on. And it's like, now she's targeting like people who watch the show and, and people in the live chats and like G4 is like turned off their chats. Um, if you want to comment on the Reddit post now, you have to have like subbed for like a month. Uh, they lost thousands of followers because of this. And this is a fledgling channel, right? This is not like this is not what you want to do right at the beginning. And so, you know, this this frost person was known as a color commentator um, for the League of Legends Pro League and the League European Championships, which she got fired from because she like caused a big like uproar. Um, but with this this time, she's all like she's been wrong about a lot of things and she says like, Oh, I read these scripts and it's like, so you don't actually play the game. So where's your credibility now? Like, how do I trust anything that you are saying to me? Like same with Adam Sessler at this point, because she's like, we read from the same script and it's like, well, great. I don't trust him either now. Then good job. Way to, way to ruin the, the, the credibility of the reviews. Why don't you trot the person who wrote the review out there? I much prefer hear what they thought about it. Yeah. And we just said that we're in, we were talking about uh, you know the rotten tomatoes reviews is if i if i believe you're compromised in any way shape or form and in this case they're compromised by the sense of they admit that they're the one they don't write the reviews why should i listen to you then why right. do why do, i want to listen to someone who played the freaking game and right. to give me an honest review and and get just like the people that i listen to for movies I have a small, you know, a small selection mm -hmm. of, you know, video game reviewers that I listen to. And you know how I know that they're good? Because they take their time with it. And these are in-depth 20 to 50 minute reviews some of these guys do or some, yeah, some of these guys do that I know they wrote their own script. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they and, do this. And, and, you know, 
the games the the game reviews come out like not on like the first day necessarily because video right. game companies yeah. don't typically give out screeners to play. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's just one of those things that it's like, okay, you, uh, you, you've, you've gone now and you've, you've completely ruined like the credibility. And now, now she's bragging about how like, Oh, well, I've got more followers and I've made all this money and like, you know, whatever. Um, and I think she's lying, okay. but you know, yeah. but, but you, so, you but, at, at the cost of G4, you've done this. Yeah. So imagine if, you know, we're, you know, because we both know sports and athletics and all this stuff. Imagine if you're on a team and one of your teammates does or says something that, you know, costs the team. And then he says, well, I don't care. We got this penalty and, you know, we probably lost the game for it because you know why? Mm-hmm. I got a lot of followers. I got a, you know, a, a nice, you know, hefty bonus from my sponsor for this. Right. No, you the fact that she said something like that when oh, yeah. again i think i think she's lying too don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but even if that was true you don't like that's how narcissistic someone like this is and it's not just from that statement it's just everything she's done and said since that little tantrum she threw right she can't take responsibility in it i actually saw i think it was on reddit i don't remember the redditor's name that he he said, look, they're not attacking you because you're a woman. They're attacking you because you admit it here that sh- you don't write these reviews. Right. And even the stuff you said was wrong. Like she said that, you know, she thought the PlayStation was a dead man walking because of, you know, it's so hard to get and all this stuff and Xbox this and Xbox that. Again, granted, this was before the purchase of, you know, when the $70 billion purchase of Activision, which is something totally different. But she forgot to mention five PlayStation fives are right. Yeah. You know, there are 5.5 million more PlayStation fives out in circulation. Well, and she called it, yeah, she called it the dead platform, right? It's a dead man walking platform. Yeah. It's like, it isn't. And there's a ton of PS five games out there. And oh, yeah, this year for the, P, for yeah. the play, oh, PS five, the list of games huge. that you sent, hold on, let me, let me pull up that email real quick. Cause you, you had a bunch of stuff in there. So, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 7, um, Sifu, Dying Light 2, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, Elder Ring, Elden Ring, GTA 5 Online for, you know, PS5, WWE 2K, uh, 2K22, um, God Valhalla of War, Ragnarok, which I don't know when. DLC for, yeah. what's AC? Uh, Assassin's Creed. Oh, okay, there you go. And then Destiny 2, The Witch Queen, DLC, coming in February. Uh, across all things. But I mean, that's just, I mean, this is just like through March that you've shared with me here. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, I mean, these are all games that are coming out. They're all on PlayStation. Now there's going to be with the whole Activision, like, you know, and this is obviously way after the fact of all of this happening. Um, the Activision, uh, purchase of, or Microsoft purchase of Activision and, and Blizzard, like, there are games now that are going to probably go to be Xbox exclusive that have not been in the past. And right. yep. I mean, but like, let's be honest, like Call of Duty is kind of a shit game now anyway, right? Yeah. And people don't buy a, a like people buy, a, you know, if they're going to buy an Xbox or a PlayStation, they're not going to buy it for Call of Duty. You know what they're going to buy it for? They're going to buy it for something like Halo or yeah. uh, Horizon or God of War, something yeah. like that. They're not going to buy it for a Call of Duty. The Last of Us and- 2. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't have the button, but I'm going to say, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, come on. That's but, funny. I mean, on this. Yeah, that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> but she's been. And then, and again, it's when people lay out the reasons why she was being criticized. She ignores that because, again, right. like that, you know, the Reddit poster, he laid out the reasons and he laid out her look. Her, you know, the attitude and, you know, the fact that she lost her cool and she's like, no, I never lost my cool. I never did anything. And then she has to she has to say, well, you know, this proves that you are a bad faith actor. What does that even mean? Right. You know, people use that. That term. it's so ne- nebulous. It's just like the other terms of is well, and is. If you're calling someone a bad use... faith actor, you're typically the bad faith actor. Let's just yeah. like, you know, call a bad faith actor a bad faith actor. <laughs> But here's yeah. the thing here, like just minor defense of her. Right. Because like this is not a hit piece on Frost. We're not we're not, you know, I'd never heard of this person before. I'd never. Yeah. Before no. this. Like, I know they announced her for G4 and I, I remember it. And I was like, OK, I, I don't even know who this person is. I had no idea they were going to be on X play. Um, and so to be fair, <laughs> um, Frost isn't wrong. I mean, there's a lot of sexism in, like, you look at what happened with Blizzard and, like, you know, all of that in in those offices and things like that. But at the same time, the the feedback and the criticism she's getting is not because she's a woman. Because Adam Sessler gets it, too. And Adam Sessler's a fucking idiot. So, in a racist and... and like just, and I, I even know he's not a racist. Let me rephrase that. Adam Sessler's a fucking idiot who's constantly like going after people who he doesn't agree with politically now. And Comcast has shat the bed with this. They built a sixty, like sixty-seven or sixty-seven thousand square foot space with an e uh, esports arena for these people. There's a, a bunch of studios for these people, and it is they they. I'm not going to say it's done. Like the fork is not in them yet. But like they're checking the temperature right now. Yeah. And and if they so, if they sorry, one last thing. If they were to clean house for everybody and just start fresh, I would not be surprised. Now I was gonna Go say and and so you 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 made a good point because one, yes, you're you're absolutely right. There there's sexism and and there's sexism, there's all this ism going on in the world. The thing is in, in some places it's worse than others. The problem with that is she's the one when she starts off when saying, you know, you give you give me this flack because I'm not as bangable as X, Y and Z with by doing that one. She diminishes, you know, the people who she's talking, talking about, like Morgan and Olivia Munn, even though she tries to backhand compliment them after that. And two, you're with Adam Sessler. I even put this in my notes. He did something much worse. He's done stuff much worse than her. In the sense of what he's he's posted about people that don't agree with him, that is absolutely fireable in my in my in my opinion. It's not that he said, "Oh, these people are bad people." He said basically, "These people can die, and I'll be sipping bubbly, laughing, oh, yeah. or smiling." I mean, he's it. talking about his own family members and stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, this is this is that's this a, is look, this is part of the a, problem, right? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know him or whatever. Yeah. But I can say with I can say with confidence he's a piece of shit, shit human being. Sure. For you to say something like that, you're absolutely a terrible human being. Yeah. So okay, and, you're 100 percent right. The other thing that Frost does is is Olivia Bunn and Morgan Webb's name came out of her mouth 
a lot in her little in her rant. Yeah. Olivia Munn was popular. She got the job because she was pretty. 100%. Right? They they did So here's the thing. Before Olivia Munn got hired, they did this whole like contest to have s- different people come and host for a week, right? Uh Anthony Carboni, who was the host of the Star Wars show for a little bit on YouTube with uh with yeah, Andy Gutierrez. Him. Um who yeah. hosts the uh, We've Got Problems podcast with uh, Jeff Kanata from um, Totally Awesome Ra- or Totally Rad Show? Uh, anyway, like he did a week and he didn't get that job. And they ended up not hiring anyone who did the trial and they hired him Olivia Munn. Now, here's the thing Olivia Munn got that job because she was very pretty, but she also had personality to spare. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. was, she was funny. She was crazy. She was up to do anything. And like, you know, it, it's like, I don't, I don't know if you're allowed to say this anymore. Like she was one of the guys, but like, she was way more guy than Kevin Pereira was <laughs> like, you know, all the masculine energy of that duo came from Olivia Munn, not Kevin Pereira. And I love Kevin Pereira, yeah. or loved, let me rephrase that. Like, back in the day, I thought Kevin Pereira was great. After he left G4, he got really weird. Um, and and I stopped caring about him. But, yeah, it, it, and so, and then she was talking about Morgan Webb. And Morgan Webb was a fantastic reviewer, a fantastic presenter. When she would host Attack of the Show from time to time, it was great. I always enjoyed it. Um, you know, so so she's talking about these people who are, who are both beautiful, who were both beautiful women. They still are. Um who neither one of them are involved with this. And and I don't blame either one of them for not wanting to be involved because they both moved on to other things. Um, mm-hmm. But when, when, when she keeps talking about like, oh, well, they were, they were harassing them. It's like Olivia Munn gave as good as she got in their little bits. And then Frost did a bit where she's grabbing some dude's butt. And it's like, well, how is what you're doing any different from what you're complaining about Olivia Munn doing. And did you see what her response was? No, I didn't. She was like, she was playing a character. Great. So was Olivia Munn. She was that. That's not who Olivia Munn is. Yeah. I I tell you who Olivia Munn is. Olivia Munn is like from all accounts, a very decent person, a very nice person. And I don't normally say this about celebrities, but like, I think she's an actually really decent actress. I loved her on newsroom as Sloan Sabbath. I thought she was, Great casting as Psylocke. It wasn't her fault. That was a shitty movie. Um, yeah. I actually liked her as Psylocke. Right. Too. She was really good as Psylocke. Anyway, uh, that was like one of the lone bright spots. That and Alexandra Ship as a Storm. But, um, you know, Frost were so sexist. The two best parts of a shitty movie were the women. Um, <laughs> you know, go fuck yourself. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's just. And, and again, it's just bringing Frost- that. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, Frost is getting a lot of the because she's she is she put herself out there, and so she's deservedly giving getting the heat. But if you look at some of the things other people are talking about as well, and and, and this is a minor part, but it could be a bigger part, is the sense of they're reviewing games that are like five and seven years old, and so that doesn't help either. And because you know, I, I was looking at their Twitter, and people were asking like, "Dude, this game was out like five years ago. Why are you reviewing this?" Right. That doesn't help on top of the controversy that Frost and to a lesser extent, although more egregious, Adam Sessler has, you know, you know, tainted this relaunch with. I think they absolutely need to 
start fresh. Yep. And just say, you know what? It's not working out with you all. Yeah, you know, thanks for coming on. Yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go in a different direction. Yeah. That's absolutely what I would do. Go go grab some of these Twitch guys and girls who are reviewing games right now. Be like, hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna throw some money at you. You guys, uh, you know, do this for a while while we figure it out. Um, don't make any waves. Just do cool shit. Just yeah. say good stuff. Yeah. And yeah. So. And and that's that's all. That's the thing. A lot of the comments, and I'm not naive enough to think that there aren't comments here and there that are talking about her because she's a woman. That, mm-hmm. but but all too often in that case, it's blown up to be more than it. It's one or two people, not two hundred or three hundred people, saying that. Right. So that. I, I just have a problem when people say, hey, you know, or, or you know, we, we see people say, hey, I've been getting death threats. And you look on their, you know, their Twitter, you can't find anything. And they didn't capture anything. So right. how do we know that? Yeah. But again, it's. This is not, you know, for a fact, you know, the, the guy, the people at Comcast. Uh, they can't be happy. They did not. They cannot be happy. You, you know this. what the people at Comcast are saying right now? How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I laugh at Because, time. again, <laughs> again, all we want, like you said, do some cool shit. Yeah. Do some cool. You're talking about video games. How like, hard is it to be, like, how chill hard is when that? you're talking about a video game? If yeah, you have to go smoke that, some weed or something before you go out there to, like, take the edge off, do it. Yeah. I. And it's just par for the course nowadays with mm-hmm. these, you know, with entertainment where when people want to be entertained, we get inundated with shit. We, you know what we know's going on, but we're, we're watching video game, uh, the video game shows. We're watching TV shows. We're watching movies because we want to get away from that shit. Mm-hmm. And we don't want it. And again, we don't want to be talked at or talked down to. Right. Yes, if you have something to say, fine. But then when you use your broad brush and say, "Hey, all these people are this, that, or the other," I right. don't care, you know, what you yeah. say, you are going to lose more than half your audience when you do something like that. Yeah, and because I mean, there would be some people that would be on your, you know, that would be like, "Hey, you know what? This might be the case." But once you do that, there are people that w- that are on your side that that that'll look at you differently. And like, yeah. eh, I don't know about that. And I'm not talking about the people on that far side. I'm talking about the people that are more moderate or like left or right. Doesn't matter when you go off the deep end, either side, there are people that you lose that would have championed your cause or helped champion your cause. I I mean, I went through and I unsubscribed from everything G4, everything because of her. Yeah. They, yeah. And, and again, they didn't do themselves any favors with, what they did on their Reddit mm. and, you know, cutting off their live chats and yeah. some of the reasons and, and some of the, and it, they were targeting people that they were, that they were deleting their comments yeah. because you could see what the comments were and there was nothing wrong with those comments. No. So it's, it's just, they're just snowballing it. It's, it's, what is that? The axiom like, you know, don't let a one day story become a two day story or something right. along those lines. And, and they can't stop. They keep going after people. So yeah. Anyway, I, I, I think just in closing, because I think 
this has been well covered and everything, but don't treat fans like this. Like, don't don't just like go off on a rant like this that like you're not right about. Like, this is the thing, is is she she she's wrong. Uh, about a lot of it. She's right about some of it, but she's wrong about a lot yeah. of it. And the reason she got criticism is because she reports things wrong or she's reading a script and the people who did the script were wrong and she doesn't know enough to correct it. Plain and yes. simple. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's that simple. Yeah. You know, in, in, in whatever, I, I don't ever want anyone to get fired. Right. I never want anyone getting fired, but, Comcast, if they want G4 to be successful, they need to do another reboot immediately. Absolutely. Because and, now you're yeah. messing with an, their investment. and Yeah, their massive investment. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. All right. We'll see where it goes from there. We will. We will. Cool. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nothing much is really going on. Yeah. Uh, where for, for fans, Ozark did come out. Ozark season four, part one came out today. I Why don't they just call the it first... season four and then the next one season five? I, I, I don't know that probably because if, if it's within the same year, even though again, there's other shows that do season four or season X and then the next season within the calendar year. I don't know. I honestly don't. Yeah. Um, but that's out. You know, the Bengals are in the playoffs Saturday. So when everybody's listening to this, hopefully, you know, they'll be going towards the AFC championship. Go Oilers. The Houston Oilers. Houston Oilers. That's old school right there. Yeah. Go Oilers all the way. <laughs> Mike Vrabel, man. Yeah, he was a he was a Patriot back in the day, but he was also yeah. a Buckeye. So. Oh, was he? Oh, he was. Never mind. I hate Mike Vrabel. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent, Smithers. Let, let, no, I was going to be like, let the hate flow through you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So good rampage tonight coming up. Or, well, there was a good rampage tonight because it's Sunday. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, man. AW. Go watch AW. This past week's Dynamite was freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Cody Rhodes cut my favorite promo of uh the last two or three years um that was a, that was and, very good and i, I good, i'm, very, I'm very already out promo. for cody so <laughs> anyway uh all right you know what though what you know what i'm gonna do boom send hook dude send hook dude <laughs> so i was okay real quick hook story where i was talking about this uh one of the guys i worked with used to wrestle um like as a enhancement talent jobber right and uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about Hook, and like he's all in on the thing too. Like I am, like all the AEW fans are. He's just this kid, right? He's just a kid and comes out, and everybody's pretending like he's fucking Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but everybody's in on it. This is the beauty of it. It's so much fun. Um, and and yeah, it's just exciting. So uh, and, and they can trot him out on on Rampage every week for the next like five years, and he can never lose, and it would be fine. He doesn't ever have to win a yeah. title. He doesn't have to do anything of that. And then the best thing is Taz, who's his dad, is calling the match. And his my favorite thing is they'll talk about some celebrity or, or like musician or something. He'll be like, yeah, he's a good friend of mine and a good friend of Hook's. 
<laughs> Hook, uh, I love because I love how he talks about Hook, right? He's like, Hook's been doing jujitsu since he was four. He, before he could walk, he was a he was a taekwondo black belt. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, all right. On that note, I am uh, gonna go watch some A dubs uh, at some point here after editing. Make sure you guys check out um, uh, our friends at, at Mid um, Mid Ohio Jedi Order and uh old republic collectibles llc links will be in the show notes to their instagrams and rip me love rest in peace man yeah i won't do that though daryl will will not <laughs> all right on that note we will I, I might start doing some midweek stuff guys so girls whatever um so we'll, we might see you before next week so um all right on that note, peace out. See ya. DFS Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at ifospodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ifospodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash ifospodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons who are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.